Chapter One, Section Sixteen of the Greek View of Life by Goldsworthy Lowes Dickinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Chapter One, Section Sixteen, Metaphysical Reconstruction, Plato. The argument is an old one into whose merits this is not the place to enter but one thing is certain that the sceptical spirit which was invading religion was invading also politics and ethics and that towards the close of the fifth century before christ greece and in particular athens was overrun by philosophers who not only did not scruple to question the foundations of social and moral obligation but in some cases explicitly taught that there were no foundations at all that all law was a convention based on no objective truth and that the only valid right was the natural right of the strong to rule it was into this chaos of sceptical opinion that plato was born and it was the desire to meet and subdue it that was the motive of his philosophy like aristophanes he traced the root of the evil to the decay of religious belief and though no one as we have seen was more trenchant than he in his criticism of the popular faith no one on the other hand was more convinced of the necessity of some form of religion as a basis for any stable polity the doctrine of the physicists he asserts that the world is the result of nature and chance has immediate and disastrous effects on the whole structure of social beliefs the conclusion inevitably follows that human laws and institutions like everything else are accidental products that they have no objective validity no binding force on the will and that the only right that has any intelligible meaning is the right which is identical with might against these conclusions the whole soul of plato rose in revolt to reconstruct religion he was driven back upon metaphysics and elaborated at last the system which from his day to our own has not ceased to perplex and fascinate the world and whose rare and radiant combination of gifts speculative artistic and religious marks the highest reach of the genius of the greeks and perhaps of mankind to attempt an analysis of that system would lead us far from our present task all that concerns us here is its religious significance and of that all we can note is that plato the deepest thinker of the greeks 
was also among the farthest removed from the popular faith the principle from which he derives the world is the absolute good or god of whose ideas the phenomena of sense are imperfect copies to the divine intelligence man by virtue of his reason is akin but the reason in him has fallen into bondage of the flesh and it is the task of his life on earth or rather of a series of lives for plato believed in successive reincarnations to deliver this diviner element of his soul and set it free to reunite with god to the description of the divine life thus prepared for the soul from which she fell but to which she may return plato has devoted some of his finest passages and if we are to indicate as we are bound to do the highest point to which the religious consciousness of the greeks attained we must not be deterred by dread of the obscurity necessarily attaching to an extract from a citation from the most impassioned of his dialogues speaking of that divine madness to which we have already had occasion to refer he says that this is the madness which is imputed to him who when he sees the beauty of earth is transported with the recollection of the true beauty he would like to fly away but he cannot he is like a bird fluttering and looking upward and careless of the world below and he is therefore thought to be mad and i have shown this of all inspirations to be the noblest and highest and the offspring of the highest to him who has or shares in it and that he who loves the beautiful is called a lover because he partakes of it for every soul of man has in the way of nature beheld true being this was the condition of her passing into the form of man but all souls do not easily recall the things of the other world they may have seen them for a short time only or they may have been unfortunate in their earthly lot and having had their hearts turned to unrighteousness through some corrupting influence they may have lost the memory of the holy things which once they saw few only retain an adequate remembrance of them and they when they behold here any image of that other world are wrapped in amazement but they are ignorant of what that rapture means because they do not clearly perceive for there is no clear light of justice or temperance 
or any of the higher ideas which are precious to souls in the earthly copies of them they are seen through a glass dimly and there are few who going to the images behold in them the realities and these only with difficulty there was a time when with the rest of the happy band they saw beauty shining in brightness we philosophers following in the train of zeus others in company with other gods and then we beheld the beatific vision and were initiated into a mystery which may be truly called most blessed celebrated by us in our state of innocence before we had any experience of evils to come when we were admitted to the sight of apparitions innocent and simple and calm and happy which we beheld shining in pure light pure ourselves and yet not enshrined in that living tomb which we carry about now that we are imprisoned in the body like an oyster in his shell let me linger over the memory of scenes which have passed away end of chapter 1 section 16 Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey.